Michael Bell. You're listening to TV Confidential. Strange may seem they give ball players nowadays very peculiar names. Funny names? Nicknames, pet not, names. Not as funny as my name, Sebastian Dinwiddie. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Funnier than that? Oh, absolutely. Yay. Yes. Now, on the St. Louis team, we have uh, who's on first, what's on second. I don't know who's on third. Greg Airbars oh, with us for another look at DVD Blu-ray or streaming releases that we think you will find of interest. Greg Airbar, two-time Grammy-nominated writer for Disney Universal and other media companies. You can follow Greg, gregairbar.com. Greg's column animation spin is available twice a month at cartoonresearch.com. What do you have for us this week? Abbott and Costello. One of the greatest comedy teams of all time. And reportedly a major influence on Jerry Seinfeld, not only as a comedian, but particularly Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David when it came to the structure and writing of Seinfeld. Yes, and if you watch their original show, you will see similarities, which he is very proud to say that he... He borrowed as a tribute. There is a special that he made for NBC when his show was on, and that special is on the new Blu-ray set that our friends at Shout Factory just released. It is a enhanced and expanded reissue of a DVD set that was put out a few years ago, and it's called the Abbott and Costello, the complete Universal Pictures collection. And it is gorgeous to look at, and it is chock full of extras. Before we talk about the Blu-ray release in general, just one quick Seinfeld note. Last week, I happened to be watching, last week as we were recording this, I happened to be watching Seinfeld on one of the local stations here, and I had not watched the show in any form in years and it was the beginning of the episode where Jerry and George pitched the show about nothing to NBC and the whole sequence at the diner where George Jerry and George you know stumble on the idea to write a show is straight maybe not straight out of who's on first but the pattern and the way the dialogue for that sequence was written was uh, you, you can see the influence of Abbott and Costello and who's on first in that writing. Very much. I think that the whole essence of what Abbott and Costello brought to mainstream entertainment, to film and television, was the burlesque comedy sketch. Not burlesque in the sense of sleazy, seedy, backstreet dives. They came up in burlesque when it was a little bit more family-friendly and even even if it wasn't, they they were always a clean act. And a lot of comedians did the same routines as they moved from city to city. And in fact, people like Bill Silver said, we did Who's on First too. But they traded the acts back and forth and understood that that's what you did. But when Abbott and Costello perfected a sketch like Who's on First, the others kind of said, okay, it's yours. And then when Abbott and Costello made it big in film and radio, because they were huge on radio, then they preserved these routines so that to this day we can enjoy them. And actually what Seinfeld did, and even on the newest sitcoms, if you look at sometimes the routines that two stars of those sitcoms will do, male or female, 
you'll see it harken back to the timing of a who's on first routine. Greg Airbar is with us as we're taking a look at Abbott and Costello, the complete universal pictures collection, which is now available on Blu-ray through our friends at Shout Factory. Now, when I think of the universal pictures, I think of Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. For me, my introduction to Abbott and Costello, one of the local stations in San Francisco used to show the Abbott and Costello movies every Sunday morning, like at 730 uh, eight o'clock in the morning. Um, I remember that when I was like five, six years old. And then uh, one of the other local stations got the rights to the package. They used to show them on Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. This was the pre-cable, pre-home entertainment era of television. And in that way, it introduced Abbott and Costello and their routines to a new generation. For a long time, Abbott and Costello were the main comedians of that era that we knew as kids, even Laurel and Hardy weren't as prevalent. They in a way have surpassed them again. Laurel and Hardy have because they're revered more and Abbott and Costello are a little bit more of their time of the center of the 20th century. The, the, uh, the wartime, the jet, the big band jazz era and the fifties with the, the monster films. So they are part of a specific era where Laurel and Hardy are a little more timeless, and so they've kind of emerged more, as they should. But when we were growing up, we knew Abbott and Costello probably best, and the Three Stooges, because they were kind of like cartoons. Their movies were... In fact, Scooby-Doo is Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein, basically. It's comedy meets horror. Because kids love to be scared, and they love to laugh when they're scared. It's an element that, to this day, when you go to a movie and something scary happens, even you can hear adults laughing strangely <laughs> at something horrifying. Yeah, it's it's a reflex action, I guess, with with some folks. So, and the funny thing is that they did suspense films early. Who Done It was one of them. Hold that ghost with the classic moving candles routine, mm-hmm. which they reprised. But the the Frankenstein film actually came much later. They started out actually in a film called One Night at the Tropics, which isn't that great of a film because it's a Robert Cummings and Alan Jones movie that's a romantic comedy. And they were just a comic relief, but they were such a big hit in it that they were given Buck Privates, which is the consummate 40s movie with the Andrews sisters introducing Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy of Company B which was nominated for an Oscar. And then that set the pace for the 40s military comedy where they were inept military guys. And there was always that formula of they were the funny guys and there was always a romantic couple. One or, one or both of them sang. There were always some tunes. And sometimes those stories intersected, sometimes they didn't. But there was also... The, the wonderful uh, the, the whodunit that had, uh, you know, that had more of a scary uh, mystery or a, uh, uh, a, a solving a crime detective kind of a, a thing to it. They did one with Joan Davis, which is terrific. Mary Wicks was in one. They played off of other performers really well, especially they always emphasized Luke Costello because he was the comic foil. But, but Abbott is revered as 
probably one of the greatest straight men of all time as well and is uh, recognized as that. Um, for a long time, he didn't get credit for that, but Lou Costello tried to work with other straight men, and it was never quite the same. Greg Airbar is with us as we take a look at Abbott and Costello, the complete Universal Pictures Collection, a new uh, Blu-ray release uh, available through our friends at Shout Factory, which includes, uh, I would imagine, all of the films that uh, we've been uh, discussing over the last few minutes. Plus, Greg uh, says it is filled with extra features. What are some of the extra features available in this package? Well, actually, if you don't know Abbott and Costello or are only marginally uh, into Abbott and Costello, uh, I would start with the last disc because it has a lot of special features in addition to the commentaries that are on the other discs as well, several of which are very, very good. There's a few that are what I call intermittent commentaries where the commentator comes in every few minutes, but there are some that are chock full of, of interesting facts. Plus there's a booklet that's loaded with facts that also tells you what routines are in every film. Well, that's because cool. every yeah, every routine has a name. There's the lemon table routine. There's the Jonah and the whale routine. And they prop up in each film and they do them a little differently each time. Sometimes directors had trouble working with them because they rarely <laughs> stuck to the script. Yeah. And they did every take differently. Um, so well, the last disc has something called... Um, the Abbott and Costello Meet the Monsters and Abbott and Costello Movie Stories. And they have historians on there going through each movie and then explaining the basic storylines and a little background on each one so that you can proceed to go through each one and know something about them ahead of time. Plus, there's a reel of trailers. It's about an hour long that goes through every single one of them and includes a few of their non-universal ones in the trailers, which we're going to be talking about as well, because they did work for other studios as well as make a couple of films on their own. Because Universal... Always was kind of a factory, as as you've mentioned many times, uh, for television. It was also that for movies. And when Abbott and Costello came in, they were kind of dismissed as, well, they were just a couple of cheap comics. They'll never amount to anything. <laughs> and uh, they became the top box office that Universal had and were actually voted top box office in Hollywood in like 1942, 43. And you've got to consider who else was in Hollywood at the time. And it was Abbott and Costello that were top box office. So it's so it was making Universal a fortune. And so Abbott and Costello were thinking, well, you know, they were getting loaned out too. So four times they were loaned to MGM. And MGM would pay Universal and Abbott and Costello would make the same amount of money, so both studios would do awfully well, yeah. and they would just get the same money. Now those four that ha films, that that happened a lot with the television department of not only Universal but MGM and Warner Brothers. Uh, that that happened a lot, uh, especially during the first two three decades of television. That that practice of loaning out an actor who was under contract with that studio and charging the other studio a premium, even though the actor himself or herself was making the same yeah it was it's one of the reasons that studios fell as well not just because they were starting to get 
out of hand owning theaters and owning this and owning that, but also because stars wanted to become free agents. So uh, I think we see, we're seeing that happen again, where studios are starting to grab hold of way too much. And it'll be interesting to see where that goes because history is starting to repeat itself. But back then, Abbott and Costello were loaned out for four movies, and you can get all four of the MGMs from our friends at Warner Archives. Okay, so there's Abbott and Costello, the complete universal collection available on Blu-ray through Shout Factory, and what's the name of the Warner Brothers release? Well, the Warner Archive ones, uh, you can get separately. There's Abbott and Costello in Hollywood, there's Lost in a Harem, Rio Rita, with Catherine Grayson as Rita, and Abbott and Costello meets Captain Kidd with Charles Lawton. And it looks pretty cool in color. Abbott and Costello Meet Captain Kidd was one of two films, both of them in color. They used a process called Super Cinecolor, which was not quite as good, but less expensive than Technicolor. Universal did not want to pay for color, and so Abbott and Costello did. And Bud Abbott was the main producer of the Captain Kid one, and Costello was the main one for Jack and the Beanstalk. Now, Jack and the Beanstalk was not uh, was released by Warner, but then it was bought by another company, and it fell into public domain. So that's relatively easy to find almost anywhere, but it never looks very good. Um, perhaps someday uh, Warner Archives or someone will acquire it and restore it, but right now, you can find a not-so-great-looking copy pretty much anywhere, probably on YouTube as well. But Captain Kidd looks fantastic, and that's the Warner Archive. And it's also kind of a musical. It has uh, an actor named Bill Shirley in it who plays the singing male lead. And Bill Shirley, uh, a couple of things about him. He was the voice of the prince in Disney's Sleeping Beauty, mm-hmm. and, he, and he also played... Tchaikovsky, uh, Disney did a TV version of the story of Tchaikovsky, and when that aired on the uh, Wonderful World of, no, it wasn't the World of Color, it was Walt Disney Presents, I think, at the time, they had a simul, the very first stereo simulcast on FM radio when that was running. Well, that's Just cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's Bill Shirley. Um, and that uh, that's a pretty cool film, and so is Rio Rita. That's that, that's of course got Catherine Grayson. So there's a lot of singing there. Abbott and Costello go to Hollywood and go Hollywood, and then the the uh, Lost in a Harem. Those are the three MGMs. So they're a little bit more slick than the Universal films. Then, uh, but the Universal films, some people feel are the essence of Abbott and Costello. You can make your own decision. But I think they all fit together. They were all made around the same time. The the 50s ones would be the uh, the MGM ones. And that's around the time when they had the television show. And they were starting to make the monster films. And they were also appearing on Colgate Comedy Hour, uh, intermittent with Martin Lewis and other comedians. And you can see about six of those on YouTube. They were everywhere. They And, and sometimes it was getting difficult for them. Uh, because people felt a little oversaturated. Uh, one of the commentators on the documentaries on the Universal set, on the Shout Factory set, says they didn't do Who's On First a lot in some of the movies because it was all over the radio. 
It was so popular, people heard it all the time. So they made references to it in the movies where they turn on a radio and someone it would be playing and they'd say, Oh, turn that off. Not that again. Because it was so well known. So they like Lucille Ball, they were so popular they were almost competing with themselves by the early 50s. Greg Airbar is with us. Greg Airbar never competes with himself. Uh, he's telling us about Abbott and Costello in Hollywood, Rio Rita, and Lost in the Harem, uh, all three of which are available through the Warner Brothers archives. Greg is also talking about Abbott and Costello, the complete Universal Pictures collection, which is available on Blu-ray through our friends at Shout Factory. There are a few more Abbott and Costello titles that Greg wants to tell you about, which he'll do on the other side of the break here on TV Confidential. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contract. Our experienced partners are offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. You'll never pay another timeshare maintenance bill again, and all your obligations will be terminated. You can begin saving today. Even if you've tried another company to get rid of your timeshare, call and see if we can help you. At the Timeshare Exit Hotline, we only accept payment after an agreement has been made to get you out of your timeshare. Make this complimentary free call and learn how our honest partners can help anyone, anywhere legally get out of their timeshare nightmare. 800-715-6093. 800-715-6093. 800-715-6093. That's 800-715-6093. Hi, this is Rhonda Shear, and you're staying up all night or day with TV Confidential. Uber is the mobile app that connects you with a driver for immediate transportation. Request a ride at the tap of a button and you have a driver curbside in minutes. You can choose to be driven in a black car, SUV, or you can choose UberX, the low-cost Uber for a ride in a hybrid or mid-range car. Payment is seamless and cashless. Build to your card on file with no need to tip. Enter the promo code TVCONFIDENTIAL. After you download the app to receive a free first ride up to $20. For more information, go to get.uber.com forward slash go forward slash TV Confidential. An adult elephant can weigh up to six tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. Illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills, don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 866-490-3991-866-490-3991-866-490-3991. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash 
TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.